The Reserve Bank of Australia, the RBA, is tipped to deliver its 10th consecutive interest rate hike later today. The cumulative effect of the rises means the average borrower with a $500,000 loan is around $1,000 a month worse off. And the picture is equally grim for renters. Jane Hume is the Shadow Minister for Finance and our guest this morning. Jane Hume, welcome. Good morning, PK. In the last quarter, we've seen consumer confidence drop, real wage growth slower than expected, GDP growth lower than expected. If the RBA raises rates again, um, are you worried that that we, we could face a recession? We keep getting told we'll avoid it, but is this something that becomes a bigger risk? Well, we're certainly told that the cost of living is the number one issue facing Australians right now. We know that prior to the election, obviously, Anthony Albanese promised that Australians would be better off under a Labor government. They promised that you would feel a change of government in your hip pocket, and they certainly are, but probably for all the wrong reasons, higher grocery prices, higher energy prices, higher mortgage repayments. And while we know that the last week's national accounts show that it's um, the, the economy is slowing, it's getting tougher for hardworking Australian families to make ends meet. Those savings ratios have decreased quite dramatically now, so we know that people are dipping into their buffer in order to make ends meet. And, and that's having flow-on effects. You know, we heard from Lifeline, for instance, yesterday saying that there's a record activity now on their website asking for help and support. They're searching for um, financial issues and, and homelessness. In fact, those those searches went up by 49% just between August and January this year. Um, and there's also increased demand on, on our charities and particularly on food distribution who are telling us at the Cost of Living Committee that they're now seeing people under mortgage stress that are coming and seeking help from food donations or people with you know, incomes or even dual incomes, families seeking support for the first time. So this is a genuine concern and the government does need to address it. It needs to do that through its sensible budget management to make sure that the RBA doesn't have to do all the heavy lifting on interest rates. No, well, let's go to sensible budget management because it, it introduced or it, it, it announced a measure last week to, to deal with uh, the fact that the budget obviously is... Um, uh, you know, there's there's more things that people want of the budget than we can afford, and that's the superannuation change. You've come out and said you'll repeal it. Why repeal a measure that's about making uh, the budget more responsible? Well, the fact that they have asked retirees to pay for uh, budget errors on their behalf, the, those increased spending demands, wouldn't you suggest that the best way to manage a budget would rather be uh, than asking retirees to pay more, simply controlling those spending urges, potentially reprioritising some of that enormous election wish list that the Labor government came to government with. They came to government with an additional $8 billion of spending promised. They, in fact, spent an additional $23 billion, and that was just the last budget. That is adding to inflation. That is causing the RBA to have to do all the work to bring inflation down. 
So I would suggest that rather than going after retirees who have relied on a superannuation system, who have put voluntary savings away because they trusted in the system and they trusted Anthony Albanese and Jim Chalmers when they said there would be no changes to super, that there would be no changes to tax, perhaps the Albanese government could consider changing its attitude towards its budget spending rather than increasing taxes. So some of that spending that you talk about, um, let's talk about one of the measures which is about building homes for some of the most vulnerable women. Do you think that that it should curtail that rather than, it shouldn't spend money on that, rather than um, dealing with people who have more than $3 million in their superannuation accounts? Well, uh, you know, first of all, can choice, we please right? dispel the myth? Dispel the myth that this is the superannuation policy is one that only affects the top 0.5 percent of Australians, because that is not the case. In fact, it was revealed yesterday that within the next 30 years, it would, in fact, be the top 10 percent of the population. Now, today, the top 10 percent of earners in Australia earn more than $131,000. That's not an enormous amount of money. I think that's right, um, but that's 30 years away. And that's exactly the point of superannuation, is that you should put money away for long periods of time and you are compensated because it has been quarantined away from you compulsorily. Compulsorily. The government says it will take your money away from you and it will lock it up for 30 years and in exchange you get a tax concessional rate. That's the contract. They've reneged on that contract, not just for 0.5% of income earners, but for 10% in 30 years. So anybody that's in their 30s today may well very much be affected by this policy by the time that they retire. I think that's cause for great concern. More importantly, this is a broken promise. It's a broken it promise. Come they in have after gone back. The next they have election. gone back on so their So they word. can be punished at the ballot box, can't they? They can be, but you know as well as do I, PK, that this policy will be waived through the Senate by the Greens and at the next election, it, no matter who wins, there will still be a Senate that is dominated by Greens who will make this very difficult to repeal. So while we will commit to doing our best to repeal this legislation because it is poor policy, it is in, is not indexed, it doesn't deal with unrealised capital gains in a traditional way, in fact it changes the tax system entirely. We will repeal this because it's poor policy, but it will be a very difficult thing to do. But in 2016, your government went further uh, in, in terms of superannuation taxation. And at that stage, there was a big defence of that. Was that poor policy? That was that That policy was specifically to sustain the superannuation system. It allowed us to then put more money into the superannuation system so that people could, say, for instance, women could make catch-up contributions if they'd taken time out of the workforce. Self-employed people could put money into superannuation it was also in the same way the that PAYG. And the that people that were system, downsizing their homes and people were downsizing their homes could then put that money into super. We encourage people to put more money into super on a voluntary basis to sustain the superannuation system. The 
Jim Chalmers and Anthony Albanese are taking money from retirees to help sustain the budget. This is not about super. This is about the budget. They've simply found what they consider to be low-hanging fruit. But it's a very ill-considered policy. The fact that it doesn't, uh, that it's not indexed, the fact that uh, unrealised capital gains are treated entirely differently than they ever have been before, um, the fact that it doesn't consider people on defined benefit um, schemes rather than defined contribution schemes, this is a giant mess that the Labor Party have got themselves into. They cannot explain okay. their way out of it. Let's and now we've found it's going to hit one in 10 Australian earners. But but let's talk about this idea of indexation. I mean, when, the, when you were in power, the income threshold for people to pay the Division 293 tax from 300,000 down to 250, that wasn't indexed. That captures a lot of young people. And neither is uh, income tax index. But yeah. we're not talking about income taxes here. And Div 293 is a form of income tax. In fact, it's a way of making the superannuation system progressive because the flat income, t- the flat tax rate on superannuation is 15%. That's the contract. That's the deal for putting money away and locking it up, but potentially 30 or 40 years. What Jim Chalmers can't explain is how this is this system is going to work now that you're making a 30% income, okay. a 30% superannuation tax for some portion of the population and yet 15 for others. Logistically, that's very hard to manage. I don't think that they thought this... this policy through before it was announced. It was simply a way to bring our national conversation, in inverted commas, on superannuation to an end. Okay. I just want to move to a couple of other issues before I let you go. Um, The other big key issue that's going to dominate this week is the Referendum Machinery Act. Uh, It will be debated this week. The opposition still says it wants more concessions from the government. They've agreed to fund pamphlets. pamphlets. They've already given you that a yes and no pamphlet. What more do you want? Well, this is a really important to understand, PK, because we want people to understand that this is not simply a bill about a voice to, referendum on a voice to parliament. It's a bill about referendum into the future. So when the coalition looked at it, we said, well, if this were a referendum about, say, making Australia a republic or putting more parliamentarians um, you know, in Parliament House, what would... What would Australia expect from their referendum? They would expect a pamphlet with a yes and a no case. That's been the case since 1912. They would also expect an official yes campaign, an official no campaign, and they would expect those to be appropriately funded. Now, why is that important? Because the other things that this bill will do is make this referendum look and feel like an election. And elections now have things like donation laws, they have foreign donation laws, and they have foreign interference laws as well. And in an age of disinformation and the highest level of foreign interference in our history, we believe it is fundamentally important that the government takes the lead and provides clear information to Australians and a strong referendum process that Australians can rely upon and can trust. Okay, so what does that mean? When When you say appropriately funded, this is what I want to really nail down if you can help me. What does that look like? What's a yes and a no appropriate funding? Well, funding campaigns is not about giving them money for promotional materials or advertising or to actually campaign. It's to ensure that 
both sides of the debate can establish themselves and ensure they comply with, for instance, the disclosure regimes, the regulatory regimes that are imposed upon elections so that they can have appropriate cyber security measures in place. And this is really important. The cyber security measures should not be underestimated. The Director General of ASIO told us only two weeks ago that we're seeing the highest level of foreign interference in Australia's history. So these are very simple and practical steps that put a structure around our referendum process that help our regulators, that help our security agencies to manage this referendum. We know that there's been foreign um, influence in other countries. For instance, you know, in Canada, Mm. their intelligence agencies said that they had uncovered plots to interfere in their 2021 election in order to create a minority And you're prepared to vote this... They want this level of disruption and division. Now, a referendum shouldn't cause disruption and division. We want to make sure that the process is robust as possible. And and you're prepared to vote it down if you're not, if you don't get a yes and a no campaign set up? Well, on these grounds alone, I think that it's a good enough reason to have a very formal structure around your campaigns and at least a nominated official yes and a no campaign as conduits for that cyber security, for our agencies to make sure that they can do the regulatory and compliance job that they need to do. This is the best way to have a robust, a robust referendum. And let's face it, all Australians deserve a successful referendum, no matter what the question is. We're out of time, but thank you so much for joining us. Great to be with you, PK. That's the Shadow Minister for Finance, Jane Hume, and you're listening to ABCRM Breakfast. It's easier than ever to hear your favourite local and national ABC radio stations, live and on demand on the ABC Listen app.